Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website, it's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. My family and I uh, took an Alaskan cruise and one of the side trips that we wanted to experience was to see the bald eagle. And oh my goodness, are they everything you imagine them to be when you see pictures of them, but even more so when you get to, to look at them in their natural habitat, when you see them take off and fly. They're truly symbols of bravery and power and grace and freedom. And as I've been sharing during this month, I deeply believe that if we open our eyes and look around us, all of life can teach us, and certainly all of Mother Nature can teach us. And as I was thinking about the symbology of this beautiful creature and thinking about what is it that we can observe about this amazing creature, what is it that we can observe about it and apply in our own lives that we might transform them, that we might live lives of greater success and meaning and purpose and joy and fulfillment. And so I want to share a few ideas with you about that this morning. First, when you think of the eagle, and when I think of the eagle, I think of its magnificent ability to fly, that it is specifically and especially designed to not just fly, but to soar to soar above and beyond any disturbance, to soar for whatever it needs. And sometimes it appears that they soar just for the pure joy of, of flying. They're adapted to it in such a magnificent way. They have two different kinds of feathers, down feathers, very soft ones near their bodies to keep them warm. And they have contour feathers, the feathers that allow them to fly, the feathers that are so strong. It is said that pound for pound, they are stronger than airplane wings. Think about that for a moment. On this creature that is usually not much heavier or bigger than a family cat, they, their wings, their, their feathers, their contour feathers, pound for pound, stronger than airplane wings, created to soar. You've heard some beautiful music this morning with that theme. I've shared some, some quotes with you this morning with that theme. I believe that each and every one of us is born for greatness, that each and every one of us is created to soar, I believe very literally in the words of Genesis that says we are born and made in the image and after the likeness of God. After that likeness, after that power, we are created to soar. As I was thinking about that specifically last night, I was drilling down in my own mind more deeply to say, well, what is it that I think allows us to soar? You know, the eagle can soar above the storm. What is it that allows us to soar above the difficulties and the problems that we face in life? Not to ignore them, but to be able to notice them, but then rise above them. And I think that 
the single most important quality that allows us to do that is our attitude. Our attitude. You know, every morning we make a choice of what we're going to put on, what we're going to wear, whether it's comfy clothes or work clothes or professional clothes or party clothes, whatever it may be. We make a decision about that. And some days we make much more, we give much more thought to what it is that we are going to adorn ourselves with, the clothes we're going to wear. What if we put the same kind of attention to the attitude that we're going to bring to the day, to the people that we meet, the things that we do, the things we do that we love to do, and the things we have to do? What if we gave a lot more thought to the attitude that we're going to bring to them? It's our attitude that allows us to soar above the stuff of life. Many years ago, when I first founded the, the Unity Center back then in 1983. It was called Unity of La Jolla because that's where we held our first services. And when I was trying to think of, well, what do I call this Unity Church? My dad had actually a great idea. I didn't follow it. But he said, you know, maybe you should call it the Attitude Adjustment Center. And I've never, though we didn't name the church that, I've never forgotten the wisdom of that because in so many ways, that's what unity offers, teachings that help us to change your attitude. In metaphysics, we often say it in slightly different words, change your thought, change your life, change your thinking, change your life. So how do we go about working on our attitude? Well, I think hanging around a place like this, especially when we get to be together in person, is certainly one way. Choosing the kinds of things we're going to read, choosing the kinds of things we're going to listen to, the kinds of images we're going to take in. Are we making sure that we are at the very least balancing what we're associating with? That it might be the very kinds of things that are inspirational and are uplifting. And so like the eagle that's designed to soar, I believe that we are designed to soar as well. But like the eagle, the eagle has to choose to, to fly, to put forth the effort to go where it's going to go. You and I have to put forth the effort, choose our thought, dress ourselves with the attitude that we know is going to make a positive difference in our lives. But it is up to us. Eagles stay aloft by outstretching their broad wings and riding on air currents. So they stretch out those broad wings. They're the broadest, they're the widest wingspan of any bird, and yet they weigh about nine pounds or so, about the size of a, a family cat. They're not huge in, in bulk, but their expanse is significant. And they stay aloft by stretching those wings and, and this is a part that I really like, and riding on air currents. Now, where we live here in Southern California, I don't see bald eagles or eagles. In fact, I don't even think I even see golden eagles. But I do often see birds of prey, hawks. My husband John loves birds of prey and hawks. And we often see them in the hills of Poway. And in many ways, they're similar to eagles in that they love to soar on air currents. And there's a certain economy of motion 
to that. I think it was Emerson who first talked about or wrote about the idea that there is no waste in nature, and the idea that nature is very economic, not in the way that we might think of it financially, but there's no waste in nature. Everything is used, and there is an efficiency of use. And so, too, in the way these amazing birds soar on currents, taking advantage of the energy of the, the wind to make their work a little bit easier. To me, the takeaway of that for us in, in living our lives is can we be more mindful of the flow of energy in our life. When we're working toward a, a goal, some dream, some, some big ambition, some big project, sometimes things go along kind of smoothly for a while and then we hit bumps in the road and it might even seem that we get a lot of stop signs or detours or we're suddenly just slowed down and maybe even to what seems like a halt or a stop. What I've learned in my life is how valuable it is when life seems to throw monkey wrenches in our plans, is not to abandon what it is that we're trying to achieve, but to be ever more mindful of, well, where does there seem to be the flow of energy? Is there a place where there is a flow of good that seems to be wanting to happen, maybe from a different direction than what I originally thought, but can I go with where life is lifing itself, where there is some movement, where there is some flow of God, of good, to pay attention to the openings. I think it was, I think it was Helen Keller who talked about when one door closes, another opens, or when one door closes, we need to stop uh, being upset that the door closed, but keep our eyes open for either another door that's opening or maybe a window that's that's opening. But that's kind of the idea of, of being more mindful of where is there flow? Where is there positive energy? And can I get in sync with that? When I say that, I think of the image of a leaf floating on surface of a stream, this water stream, and just how it is naturally carried, and sometimes it stops for a bit because there's a rock, and then there's a different shift in the current or the wind, and it moves on again. And I think life is like that for us as well. The eagle does such a beautiful job of using the the economy of the wind, the efficiency of the wind, to take advantage of that. And you and I can do the same. We can do the same in terms of taking the energy of spirit and riding the current of that, realizing we don't have to do it all only by ourselves. In fact, we really can't. Third fact of the majestic eagle is its keen eyesight. Keen eyesight. If you have ever seen a close-up of um, an eagle, their eyes are so tiny, aren't they? But they're piercing. Their eyesight is so keen. They can spot a fish from two miles above. And when they spot it and decide that that's dinner, they can go straight down at about 200 miles an hour. Keen vision, locked on with certainty 
when it finds what it needs, what it wants, and is undeterred then in getting it. What does that mean for us? In our Old Testament, we have the verse, where there is no vision, the people perish. In metaphysics, we like to play with that and say, flip it a little bit and say, where there is a vision, the people flourish. It's the idea of keeping a keen and vigilant watch for what it is that you want. And I hope that as we grow and mature spiritually, that what we want becomes much more important than just filling our lives with stuff. If what we want is a world that really works for everyone, leaving no one and nothing behind, we have to keep our eyesight keen on that and let nothing, including the detours, the disappointments, the discouragements, the attempts at, at failure from others, we must let nothing deter us from that. To do everything that we can with keen sight, with that, whatever that is, being our goal. It's about being forward-looking and forward-thinking. The eagle spots that fish from high above, from a distance, and then goes for it, and then goes for it. In our country, I think too frequently we have been very short-sighted. And rather than taking the long view and really working at the root of problems, getting at that so that we can solve the real problems that we have and making long-term steady changes, we've tended to focus too quick or too much on the short bottom line. And we have to stop doing that individually and collectively and to stand up for forward thinking, forward planning, forward looking. What is it that we want to, to see manifest in our families, in our schools, in our churches, in our communities, in our world? And focus on that and let everything else kind of fade and blur into the background. A fourth idea. The female eagle builds a huge, mostly by herself, with a little bit of help from the, the male, but builds a huge nest. It can take one to three months to build that nest, and they are used for many, many years. And the female eagle lays a clutch of eggs, usually two, sometimes between one and three. And sometimes that first clutch just doesn't make it. And then the eagle will lay a second clutch of eggs. To me, it says that even as majestic and powerful and strong and capable as that creature is, that sometimes the first attempt just doesn't work. And that can be very true for us as well. And knowing that there is wisdom in having a, a backup plan is really important is really important. I think one of the things that we have experienced in, as a result of this pandemic is what has been laid bare is how many people are so very, very financially vulnerable and at risk to being able to meet any sort of crisis. I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but how few people have very little reserve 
emergency reserve that they can fall back on in case of a true emergency. I think of a story in the Old Testament, very long story, I have to give you just the kernel of it here, but it's a story of, of Joseph and his involvement, his success in Pharaoh's house, Pharaoh being the, the leader of, of Egypt, and Joseph being an unlikely candidate to, be, to rise in stature in Pharaoh's house. But a piece of, of Joseph's journey to rising in stature was the fact that Joseph had a dream. And in the dream, he dreamed of seven fat cows followed by seven lean cows. And he interpreted that dream. We think dream interpretation is something new. No. He interpreted that dream that it meant that Egypt was going to experience seven years of abundant harvest and then followed by seven years of famine. And that symbology of his dream was brought to Pharaoh's attention. And what they did as a result of that is they saved back some of the abundance during those seven years so they could make it through the seven years of famine. In other words, like the eagle, they had a backup plan, a backup plan saying, it's great when things are thriving. Let us also be mindful and take that long view, knowing that sometimes we have to have a backup plan. And maybe in my generation of boomers, we've had certain parts of our life, at least those of us who are white, um, a little bit too easy where we've kind of ignored some of the wisdom of the generations before us that talked about the idea of prudence, that talked about the idea of saving for a rainy day. Now, I know in metaphysics we say that sounds negative. No, it's not negative. It's not wishing for that. It's being like the wisdom of the eagle, saying it is spiritually mindful, it's spiritually good stewardship to use wisely whatever we've been given, whether it's financial resources or talents, and to not use it all up, but to leave something to be there for future generations or for investing in ourselves. And then the last idea. One of my favorites about the, the eagle is just the eaglet's first flight. So the babies are, are born in this huge nest. If you read the statistics of the sizes of an eagle nest, it's mind-blowing. Mind they can be six to eight feet in diameter. They can be 10 to 13 feet in depth. I had to check my sources several times because I read that they can be hundreds of pounds. And yes, they can be. Yes, they can be. They are enormous. They are built, as I said, over a period of one to three months with twigs. The outer is very prickly and, and thorny. And the inner is lined with as much down and soft material as possible. The mother eagle sometimes even pulling the down feathers from her body to make a very soft place for those babies. But there's time for those babies to leave the nest, right? 
And as they grow and as they begin to, to reach adolescence and to mature, they start trying to take the food out of their parents' mouth. They do all sorts of things, but, but they don't necessarily want to leave the nest. And we could have a fun conversation about that right now with what's going on intergenerationally for many, many families. Um, with a lot of our kids coming back home, sometimes I won't even go there for lots of different reasons. But anyway, sometimes those baby eaglets just don't want to leave. And when they are too reluctant to leave, the mother will begin to scoot them up from the depths of the nest, up, up, up to the ridge and nudge them off, forcing them to take that first free fall if they don't do it voluntarily. We could spend a whole day just talking about that for ourselves, right? That life invites us to grow. Life invites us to grow. But if we don't accept the invitation, life will eventually force us to grow. We are not meant to rest in the nest. We are meant to soar. We are meant for greatness. We are meant for growth. But that growth can't happen if we only stay in the comfort of the nest. We can come back from time to time. I don't know if the baby eagles do, but we can come back from time to time to the comfort and security of family and friends when we're wounded or upset or discouraged or angry or disappointed, but we can't stay there. We have to branch out. And sometimes that free fall can be pretty darn scary. But that is where our greatest good comes from. It's the other side of our comfort zone. When it's time for us to grow or to make some important change in our lives, if we don't do it willingly, it's going to start feeling very prickly, whether in our relationships or our places of employment, because we are meant to continue to advance, to be something more than the great expression of God we already are. We are born for greatness. We are created to store to soar. Namaste.